0: Perhaps the greatest thing that separates us from the world around us is the fact that we choose and must choose to forgive the people around us. We need to teach this to our children so that it will make them relationable. I know that's not a word, but they need to learn how to relate. You cannot relate without forgiving other people.
1: You're listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And I think one of the best movies about forgiveness and even grace is Les Miserables. Oh. You've seen the characters. I mean, it's like the ultimate.
0: Way too and, painful. Oh.
1: But what a phenomenal... If your teenagers can handle that story, that is just one to just bring up and just rip the story apart to show how many components of forgiveness are right there.
0: I think that's amazing. I think the movie Amazing Grace with Wilberforce uh, yeah. has so much in it it also. I think when you see great people or stories about great people or biographies about great people, one of the great things about them is they don't let other people determine their destiny. They let God determine their destiny, and that Mm -hmm. means they choose to forgive, Mm -hmm. and they choose to forgive. One of the things that was apparently so astounding about the disciples uh, after Pentecost was them going out and all the things that were done to them, and they forgive. One of the amazing things in the story of the Alka Indians is the Alka Indians uh, saw Jim Elliott and the other three men. ministering to them and dropping off machetes and doing all the things to try to get to them. And the Alka Indians uh, were beginning to watch from afar, from the jungle. while These guys were on this little island thing on the beach, watching them in their faith. And they basically made the decision, let's find out how they die. Let's see if they really believe this. Let's see how they die. Well, then when a family member, Elizabeth Elliott, goes in to minister to them later on, they realize you know the whole concept of forgiveness is so incredible here. She was
1: living out the gospel.
0: Yes, that's a better way. I wish I'd have said that at the beginning. Yes, she was She was the gospel.
1: And I learned that her family was highly against her going. Oh, they,
0: well, duh. Yeah. If I were her parents, I would have said, you're doing what? You're yeah. kidding me, right? Like,
1: okay, we officially have a crazy daughter. Yes. And yes. I guess we kiss goodbye now, too, because you're a goner just like your husband.
0: And, you know, sometimes we think that people, that these Christians, they're such mamby-pamby people. And, yes, I forgive you and beat me if you'd like.
1: I have no personality. Oh, yeah. Her I character. had the
0: privilege of, uh, we used to have an event here in South Florida. Sheridan House hosted an event called Spring Breakaway. And we'd bring in a speaker every year and 1,200 ladies, and it was just awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Beth Moore and Ann Lotz, they would speak. One year was Elizabeth Elliott. And let me tell you, that's a strong person. And she was so much fun because she was so opinionated. And she got to town the night before the Spring Breakaway. And that was the time, Ruthie, when you and I were down at another radio station. Yeah. And she was, uh, she listened to our marriage broadcast and at breakfast the next morning absolutely took it apart what I said something I said didn't agree with it I want to ask you where you got that and it was so fun I saw a very strong person but that very very strength is what made her strong enough to walk in I know what my God wants me to do am I scared terrified I know what my God wants me to do and that forgiveness of these people that slaughtered her husband and the other three we are called to be different from this world this whole thing of not holding grudges this whole thing of not of no condemnation nation towards the other people who have done horrible things to us, this whole Joseph forgiving his brothers who sold him into slavery thing is what separates us. It's what makes us look different from a world of bitterness and anger.
1: And I think a lot of people in the world consider themselves victims. Something wrong has happened to you. So you get angry about it. You don't forgive because you are the victim and we don't even know that we do that with our kids sometimes they come home and they're hurt oh poor thing poor thing which you know there's a place for that but if you continue with the victim mentality you don't have the power to forgive that's right because forgiving isn't necessarily a feeling it's a choice and saying what happened to me doesn't define me it happened to me yes but if i'm going to stay in this rut and hold on to this forever then i'm a victim and uh, you know they play on words i can't be a victor if i'm a victim mm. and And it's a process, but it's a decision. I am not the victim.
0: It's a choice. It's a choice. You know, it's presenting yourself as a living and holy sacrifice. In view of God's mercy, is this too much to ask? It is your act of worship. Mm. Forgiving is the ultimate act of worship, but it also connects me to God. We've talked about this the, yesterday and the day before, and it also is not optional in my walk. He tells us to forgive. But I think you took us down a great road uh, because, you know, okay, what is forgiveness? And sometimes the best way of looking at what forgiveness is, before we look at it, it, is this choice that my children need to see, and maybe sometimes even hear. About because you teach forgiveness by being forgiving. And your children are with you and see mean things done. And you teach forgiveness by choosing to forgive live and in front of your children or asking your children, hey, you know, we used to have a prayer time around the breakfast table, just a little one. Anybody have any prayer requests? And most mm-hmm. of the time my children didn't have any prayer requests or help me make an A in the test or whatever right, it was. Right. But I would say to them, Hey, I'm going to uh, I'm going to see a, a friend I think I've offended and I'm today and I'm going to ask him if I offended him and if if I did, I'm going to ask him to forgive me. Would you uh, pray for me on that? Or just the opposite, you know, I've been really having a hard time, uh, and, and kids, you don't know who this is, but somebody said some lies about me at work, and I've been really having a hard time with that person, and every time I see their car in the in the parking lot at work, it just bugs me, and and uh, I'm asking God. So I guess my prayer request is, I'm asking God to help me forgive them. And, well, Daddy, what if they don't ever come and ask you for forgiveness? Well, well, Roby, let me say, if that's irrelevant to this, because if, they, if I wait until they come and they never come, they still have a power. Over me. Mm. I want God to have a power over me. I can't just sit and wait, gosh, I hope they come, and I hope they ask me to forgive them, because if they don't, then I can't forgive them. No, I have to forgive them long before they come. Mm. Joseph forgave his brothers before they showed up. Totally. He was ready so for So it's not day.
1: contingent on that person Nothing. asking I cannot for give.
0: I cannot give anybody control over me. Only God has control over me. So God and I can't wait for that person to come. I have mm. to choose ahead of time.
1: My dad is still a pastor and has been for many years, and I'll never forget, even as a young adult, there was this huge conflict that we were changing models at the church and all that and there were some of the teachers that didn't like that. And one teacher caused so much so many problems it caused almost a church split and uh, horrible things. They even put on the used a Bible verse on the blackboard saying may his days be short in office, you know, <gasps> things like that. And I heard about and I knew the teachers I grew up, these were like aunts and uncles to me, so we were all personally hurt. But to see my parents kind of stand strong And you know what? We're not going to talk bad about them. This hurts a lot and just be steady and steady. But I never really saw, I mean, my dad voiced hurt, but wasn't insulting in that hurt and Mm. watching him do that in his character. And I thought, man, he has to be holding back. (laughs) And I could see him get red sometimes. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to go walk around the block and find ways to vent and then see his character stand strong with so many people going up against him. Be angry,
0: but don't sin. I mean, Mm. that's a verse. Yeah, There's a reality of anger, but don't it's emotion, but I've got to have control over that emotion. I was in a church. Probably the greatest man I've ever known was Bill Billingsley, and uh, he's the founder of Sheridan House. Mm. And uh, there was a man that came to our church and conned the people at the church. He was amazingly gifted, former NFL football player, newscaster on television, and had a seminary degree. And uh, he came to church, and he really did con some people out of a couple hundred thousand dollars at the church and our pastor, uh, which was shocking to me, the people he was... Able to con a brilliant people, and my pastor was. And it turned out, you know, as it came out, his name wasn't his name. He never played for the NFL. Didn't have this, this, or this. And he ended up being such a con man that he went to prison. It damaged the church, mm-hmm. um, and my pastor had to work on helping people. You know, the next time somebody comes in, but let's be very, let's be very careful not to judge them by what this last guy did, just because they right. look to whatever. I was with my pastor at lunch, and I said, "You ever heard from so and so? This guy who went to prison." He said, "Oh yeah, I'm his weekly phone call." I said, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Well, he gets one phone call a week, and I'm the half hour on the phone that he that talks <laughs> to." Him. I said, "You're <laughs> kidding me." He says, the chances, no. yeah. I said, I, "I was asked if I would be the one to take the calls, and of course, I take the calls." Bob, he's a sinner like me. Mm. And I realized he's totally forgiven this guy who made him look like an idiot. And he's totally forgiven him. That was such a great lesson to me. You know, there's some things that you've actually said them, Ruthie, but I want to say them again. Forgiveness is not contingent on the other person. Mm -hmm. I don't wait for that other person to change. I don't wait for that other person to ask. It can't be forgiven. And there are people in our lives that are always going to be the same. Why are we shocked? Unless they come to Christ and make a radical life change, they're always going to be the same. They may always say nasty things about me. Whatever it is, I must choose to forgive them. It's not, I can't wait until they come to me and ask. I can't wait till they change. Forgiveness cannot be contingent on the other person. Otherwise, they still have control over me.
1: How about, and we brought this up earlier this week, forgive and forget. You know that there's that phrase out there. It's not biblical, but um, I know that forgiving is not forgetting. But then how do those two coexist? Well,
0: that's another thing. Forgiveness is not. Forgive. And this is not forgetting. It's not amnesia. It's not, you know, (laughs) Father, take this pain out of my brain. Uh, Well, son, I may take this pain out of your heart while you're working at forgiving, because as you're working at forgiving, that will cleanse the wound and it'll be less emotionally painful. But I have permitted this event in your life. I've permitted this situation so that you would learn. And we know God causes all things to work together for good. So forgiveness, it can't be forgetting. I need to learn. They make me wiser and wiser and wiser. Forgiveness is also, uh, I guess, a third thing. It's not a restoration of the relationship. Because I forgive this person, it doesn't mean we're best buddies. Uh, That's a process that's totally separate
1: uh, yeah and why is that separate
0: well because the person that I'm choosing to forgive uh, and this sounds weird I'm forgiving them for me not for them I'm forgiving them because I don't want them to still have this control over me I don't want to have this between me and God where he says you must forgive and I'll be nice to them and when I'm in their presence at work or on the phone talking if it's your ex or whatever it is somebody's ex I will forgive them and talk to them as if they're forgiven but I will you know I loaned him a hundred bucks and he never paid it back and acted like I never loaned it to him, I'm not loaning him $100 again because I'm not going to enable this kind of sinful behavior, this kind of sinful attitude or this kind of, this kind of taking advantage and, and using people. And so, no, it's not a restoration of the relationship. Forgiveness has to take place to restore my relationship with God mm-hmm. um, because he says, if you don't forgive, you'll be not forgiven. See, this is why it's so important to teach this to our children.
1: Mm-hmm. And you teach it in the little things, too. I think a part of this forgiveness lesson, and it can come out on- in everyday life in the family is bringing up things in the past constantly. Mm. You know, some things are good to bring up lessons. Remember when this happened and all that. But when you use it in a vindictive way, I think you're teaching bitterness also. And you can do that so easy with your spouse too. You know, just like you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't, and you start bringing out your laundry list when you're angry. It's like, wow, okay, We need to clean up some of this and start forgiving the little things, too.
0: Right. It's an emotional uh, issue that I need to get past by choosing to forgive that person. But I have this experience that's going to make me wiser in dealing with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not that. And I guess something so important, and I don't think we've said it yet, it's not a feeling. It's Mm -hmm. a choice. It's not a feeling.
1: It's so hard, though, because feelings rule sometimes. (laughs) We
0: can't let them rule. We, you know, it's that cut. If I don't clean the cut out quickly uh, on my leg, it will get infected. And lack of forgiveness leads to the infection of bitterness, the infection of anger. Uh, It's unattractive, to tell you the truth. I mean, you've seen those people, and you've seen those people who've just been so bitter that you can see it in the wrinkles on their face and forehead. It's so sad. So, no, it's not a feeling because I don't feel like scrubbing the cut uh, when someone has cut me. But it's a choice of, Lord, I confess to you, I have a hard time forgiving this person for the nastiness It's come back up. She said it about me again. It's gotten back to me. uh, But I'm choosing to forgive her. I may have to go to her and I may have to talk to her, but it's a forgiveness I have to choose to do because I can't give that control over to anybody but you.
1: And that's probably part of the restoration process, too, is thinking that, okay, this is going to hurt. Restoring also hurts, too. It's cleaning out the wound. It's, yes, going back there in your mind to heal, for God to heal those things until yeah. they don't hurt anymore, but you've already made the decision to forgive.
0: I can forgive, but if I'm going to restore the relationship, I have to see a different person. That's the whole Joseph mm. story. Wow. The whole Joseph story in Genesis 37 through 50. Joseph's brothers needed food. He's the prime minister. He gives them the food. He puts the uh, this piece of silver in their bag. He puts all their money in their bag. He puts a silver chalice in their bag uh, and accuses them of stealing holds one back in prison tells them come back uh, with your father Uh, no come back with your youngest Mm -hmm. who happens to be his only real brother come back with your youngest and I will give you Simeon or whichever one he kept in prison and in that process Simeon was taken care of fine in that process is let's see if you've changed how are you handling my younger brother are you different they come back and they end up confessing Uh, but here's an interesting thing when he sets it up with his younger brother to keep his younger brother with him he has his younger brother caught doing something and when his younger brother is caught doing something he says to them I'm going to keep this one with you he did such and such Mm. and when he keeps that one with him for being accused of stealing actually that was the one that accused of stealing when he does that then finally the brothers come and say, keep me, keep me, keep me. We did something horrible long ago. We can't let this happen to the other brother too. And he falls apart. He realizes, I can restore the relationship. Notice he doesn't move him into the palace. He moves him into Goshen. It's a step-by-step process. We are required by God to do. It's what makes us different from the world around us. It's what makes my children usable by God.
1: You've been listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And if you want to hear today's program again, uh, podcast all these programs, you can download the app for just about any device you've got. That's online at parentingonpurpose.org. And to find out more about Sheridan House Family Ministries and the Counseling Center and the Children's Homes, go to shfm.org. You can support the Children's Homes uh, by simply getting some of the resources there or sending a two-letter text. Send the letter sh and send that text to 41518 that'll add a one-time ten dollar donation uh, to your cell phone bill and give that directly to the children's homes we hope you join us again tomorrow as we continue to talk about teaching forgiveness on parenting on purpose